You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. This morning we're looking at the beautiful invitation to love. Father's always reaching out to us in love. And uh, this morning is no different. As I was looking, I've been reading several books this month, and as as I'm going through them, they've reminded me of my own journey and my own pursuit of trying to figure out what's the secret What's the key to the victorious Christian life? What is it that's going to get me over the hump? Why am I stuck where I am? What do I need to do? Is there a spiritual gift I need to experience? Uh, I thought that was going to take care of everything. And then I had a gift, and it took care of a few things, (laughs) my employment and several other things. Uh, But, you know, you look to that. as, As a new believer... I thought it was spending time in the Word. The Word, the Word, the Word, the Word, the Word. I felt like I was the Bible answer man. I just studied, 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 studied Scripture. Led Bible studies. Did, just immersed myself in that, thinking that was going to be the key to the Christian life, is knowing the Word of God. Now, knowing the Word of God is very, very important. But it's not everything. But it is very, very important. And then it was prayer. And I was praying, I was praying in the spirit, I was praying in the understanding, I was praying, 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 praying. And I thought, that's the key, that's the secret, that's it. It's praying, you gotta pray. As you pray, you're gonna really, really get breakthroughs in your life. And that's true, but that's not everything. And then I have friends that are evangelistic. It's witnessing, it's sharing the gospel. It's going out in the marketplace. It's getting words of knowledge for people who are shopping and, and then releasing those words and praying for them. And wow, that's the secret. That's the missing, that's the missing key that we need. And so, boom, jump in both feet on that. Let's do it, Lord. Let's do it. Yeah. Now it seems like one of the, one of the next things that's coming up is the fear of God, the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is it. Get the fear of the Lord. The reason why the church isn't the church she's supposed to be is because we've lost our fear of God. And there's some truth in that. But the fear of the Lord has to be associated with his love. I've come at 70 years old to realize that it's all found in love. Even as Bob was sharing as he's lighting the Advent candles, it's love. Need joy? Find love. You need more of a compassion to reach out and to witness? Experience his love. When you start to experience his love and his heart is beating in your chest, you can't help yourself but to share the good news of the Father's love. So as I, as I get ready to look at this time that we have together to look at this invitation to love, we have these invitations to hope, to peace, to joy, to love. John 3, 16 and 17 in the Passion Translation goes like this. 
For this is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but experience everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world, but to be its savior and rescue it. Hmm. The whole motivation of Jesus' coming was the Father's heart to save us, to bring us back into the family, Mm -hmm. to reintegrate us as one. So I have scriptures today on love to share with you. The Father loves the Son. We see that as the Father loves the Son, he loves us. But we need to see how the Father loves the Son. As Jesus prepares his ministry, he goes to his baptism to be baptized by John in the River Jordan. And Matthew puts it this way. A voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. Jesus had the full delight and the full expression of the Father's love being poured into him. Again, at the transfiguration, Matthew 17, verse 5, says, While he was speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. And with him I'm well pleased. Listen to him. The relationship of love and forgiveness. Jesus goes on to teach in Luke 7. He says, uh, as he talks about two people that had this huge debt, and neither of them could pay. So neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he canceled the debts of both. Now which one of them will love more? It's kind of like, if we don't have an awareness of of our own need for forgiveness, sometimes we think that compared to so-and-so, I've only sinned this much, and they've sinned this much. And as Jesus goes on in a parable, he's saying, who really loves more? The one who's been forgiven much loves even more deeply. That's not to get us in a sliding scale of trying to measure up where do we fit, but it's to help us understand that we all have sinned and fallen short of his glory so much. And when we realize we've been forgiven, oh, the forgiveness that comes to our heart causes there to be an expression of adoration and love to the one who had authority to forgive us our sins. Wow. Love and obedience. If you love me, Jesus says, you will obey what I command. Hmm. I find that in my walk with the Lord, obedience has been one of the key moments of transformation. Oftentimes as as I'm confronted with sin, if I repent, if I obey and repent, it's amazing how his grace and his love and his affection is poured into my heart 
and I just feel absolutely squeaky clean. It's just amazing. When he says, go, and you go, wow, that's wonderful. When he speaks to you, and you know that he's spoken to you, and you obey, you do what he tells you to, he lays someone on your heart, you go to intercession, you make a phone call, you inquire how they're doing, and all of a sudden you find that in that moment in time and space was the perfect manifestation of God's love in their life in a practical phone call from you. One of the things we need to, to realize is don't dismiss these little nudges that you get and think that it's just you wanting to be nosy. If you have a nosy spirit, cast it out and let the love of the Lord come in so that it's his love that's compelling you to make a, a, a contact, an interaction with someone. He goes on in John 14, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my father. Do you realize that the, as we love Jesus, we are actually loving the Father? And the Father will be loving us? Hmm. A lot of times because of, sometimes it's parental issues, father issues, having abusive fathers, fathers who, who did evil things. It's hard to, uh, for us to relate to God as Father. But when we pour out our love to Jesus, we're actually pouring out our love to the Father as well. And when the Father sees that we love his Son, it brings out a Father's love, loving response to us. He pours out his love upon us. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Do you realize that there's a, there's a connection between expressing your love to Jesus which expresses your love to the Father, the Father expressing his love to you, and Jesus expressing his love to you as we obey and revelation. He will show himself to us. The revelation that I want is not so much just a word of knowledge about somebody and some information about their life. The revelation that I want is the revelation of the beauty of Christ himself. I want to see Jesus for who Jesus truly is, not how my systematic theology has placed him, but I want to see him in his personhood, to see and to know who he is. Love, obedience, revelation. He continues in John 14, he says, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. We get a new residence, a new place to call home. John 15, 9 says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. See, as the Father loves the Son, and then the Son loves us. It brings a, a, an enabling grace that causes us to come to Jesus and to abide with Jesus. 
It's a love that kind of breaks the lies off of us that says we don't qualify, we're not spiritual enough, we're not really included. It breaks it off of us. It's a love that gets expressed that says, I can remain here. I can abide here. I can put down roots here. This is who I am. This is where I belong. Paul writes in Corinthians 16, 14, do everything in love. Everything in love. Wow. Just meditate on that for a couple seconds. Lord, do I do that in love? Do I criticize in love? I used to think criticism was one of my spiritual gifts because I was so good at it. I could see fault and find fault and oh, I was just so... But there is a way in which you can criticize in love that's healthy. It's a healthy criticism. It's a God-given criticism. The Lord knows for too long I did his work with my gift. Uh, Now it's time to let that be sanctified in love and to be able to speak a word of correction in love, speaking the truth in love. Galatians 5 verse 6 says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. not faith expressing itself in religion, faith expressing itself in in love. I imagine there's a whole series of sermons that could take off of that one. But faith and love. As Bob went to 1 Corinthians 13, now these three are main, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Faith needs to be founded in love. Not in my uh, ambition to be a great man of faith, but it needs to be found in love. That's where the humility corrects our our selfish ambition that wants to be known and, and be seen and be made a big deal when it comes with love, then the path of humility follows. Mm -hmm. The Father's love for Jesus is in us as believers. We start to repeat ourselves a little bit, but John 17, the, the prayer that Jesus prayed right before the crucifixion, He says, I have made you known to them. Jesus speaking, I've made the Father known to them. Father, I've made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Jesus had already shown them the Father. He'd made known the Father to them But he backs up in this prayer and he says, and I will continue to make them known. I will continue to make you known to them. And that's what he does for us. 
See, now as the ascended Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father, he lives to make intercession for you and me. And as he's there, he's saying, they need to see you, Dad. They need to see you, Father, more clearly. I've got to reveal it to them. You know, Holy Spirit, give them insight into this passage of Scripture. Give them insight into this life situation that seems so problematic. It's a trial. It's, it's stretching their faith. It's, it's bringing them to the, to the point of, will they be able to survive? Always continuing to make known the Father so that the love that the Father has will be ours. Love in the Holy Spirit. Romans says, and hope doesn't disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given to us. He's given us the Holy Spirit as the means by which he pours out his love into our hearts. Jesus' heart is to continually to reveal the Father so that we'll know his love. Holy Spirit is there to be the instrument by which the love of the Father is poured into our hearts. Galatians 5 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is love. I was talking with someone this past week, and as we try to teach and as we try to lead others, as we try to disciple, and sometimes, you know, you can get into the commandments and they're black and white and this, you know. He said, always make sure that you're speaking from a place of love. You can be right, but you can be dead right. There's no life in it. But when you're right and you're right in love, there's always going to be life in it. So just because you know something and you can use it to win an argument, if it's not on a foundation of love, what's the use? What's the, the benefit? It hasn't built anybody up. It's caused someone to be assaulted or to feel unappreciated or torn down. So we have to look at that. The Holy Spirit. Mm. Then it's talking about Boy, love, the abide, the remain, the, the stick-to-itiveness of love, it's the best adhesive that you could have. When you have love as, as, as the compound between two, the love of God, you can't separate. And so Paul puts it this way in chapter 8 of Romans, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness Danger or sword? No. It's an inseparable love. In the midst of all of that, he continues in verse 39, he says, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
I don't know about you, but you know, I remember as a young Christian, it seemed like the, the big topic in the late 60s was whether or not you were eternally secure or whether you could lose your salvation. And it seemed like many people in the body of Christ just loved to argue about that. You know, they'd argue about, oh, you can, and I'm just thinking, man, you've never, you've never really got attached by that sticky kind of love that says, I have you in my hand and nobody can snatch you out of it. You, you can't. He's not going to lose his grip. He's got you. And yet, how many of us in the Wesleyan, Arminian position, you know, as teenagers, we just sin and we think, oh gosh, if Jesus comes back tonight, I'm going to go to hell forever, for all eternity. And, and the anxiety that that would produce because we never understood the love of the Father. We never understood the love that brought Jesus to the planet. We never understood the love that Jesus suffered and took to the cross and took to the grave and on the third day was raised. We don't understand the love. It's incredible, the love of God. Nothing can separate us from it. So Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, he's talking and he's praying for them. And listen to this prayer that he prays about the Father's love. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven on earth derives its name. We belong. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. What's going to be the result of that? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And right there in that prayer, all the keys, (laughs) all the secrets to maturation in this journey, in this walk with with the Lord is, is understood. And at the foundation, it's his love. It's his love that always brings the full understanding of who God is. The full measure of his being is found in his love. To contemplate that and to realize that. I know there was a time when we'd come into a worship service and I'd just be so fired up and and I'm thinking, I am really going to demonstrate how much I love God today. I'm really going to show God how much I love him. I'm going to sing as loud as I can. You know, I'll wave a flag. I'll dance. I'll do what. I'm really going to get extreme in worship because I want God to know how much I love him. And I realized as the Holy Spirit tapped me on the shoulder and said, you know, you could do a whole lot better if you would just let the love of God how much God loves you today resonate in your heart. You know, that's, and all of a sudden I thought, 
oh, my motivation is I'm trying to convince God, I'm trying to prove to God how much I love him when it's not like we're going to inform him of anything he doesn't already know. What he wants is for us to know how much he loves us. So when I come into a worship service, I say, Lord, I want to receive your love today in a new way. I want to be aware of the magnitude of your love and how you want to manifest it in me. And you know what? If you see me waving a flag or dancing or doing something like that, it's a result because I understand. I am loved. And that love is an uncontainable kind of love. It has to find expression. It has to come out in one way or another. So Lord, keep it up. Keep it up to the full measure of your fullness. Mm -hmm. Love increases and love covers. In Thessalonians, Paul writes, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else just as ours does for you. That tells me love is not something that once you get it, you've got all you can ever have. It's something that increases. So the love that I have this week, I need to be looking for a greater measure of his love next week. I think one of the biggest trips of, uh, tricks of the evil one is for us to think we've arrived, that now we're loving at a new level. Now we are a fifth degree black belt of love. And it's like, no. You know, there's a sixth degree, and there's a seventh. There's, an, there's always going to be another increase to love. And as that love comes, it overflows in how we relate to one another. Peter put it this way in chapter 4, verse 8. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Wow. I kind of worked against some of my expertise. I was so good at pointing out sin. I could point out sin, yeah. And it's like, oh, I think I'm operating under a religious spirit and not the love of God. The love of God covers, it does not expose. Hmm. First John in love, we'll end with this epistle, just so good. It says in chapter four, chapter four, all the verses are coming from chapter four, first John, just so good. It says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not, lo whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Wow, that's a mouthful right there. Love is, is one of the indicators that you know the Lord. And if you're not loving, it's an indicator that you don't know the Lord. 1 John 4.10. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as atoning sacrifice for our sins. And we've seen already the matchless love of Jesus his love for the Father, his love for us, found in his obedience, going to the cross, to the grave, and ultimately to the right hand of the Father. 
chapter 4, verse 18. For there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Man, that a, that's a good anxiety test for you. Every time you feel anxious, every time fear starting trying to find a way to manifest, just say, Lord, what's your antidote of love? How do you want me to receive your love in this situation to be at peace, to be with you, to see my predicament the way you do? I think all of us get into those little financial binds where all of a sudden, you know, we're great men and women of faith and then all of a sudden there's not enough to pay the bills and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, Lord, what? And it's like, no. Now take, when fear tries to come on you and say, Lord, how would you like your love to be manifested in my heart, my life, my soul, my mind? How do you want me to think about this the way you think about it? Graham Cook is one of my favorite people. And uh, he just cracks me up. He, 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 he talks about problems like no Christian I've ever seen. You know, he calls up his friend on the telephone and says, I've got a problem. Can you pray for me? And they pray and they he says, do you have a problem? Oh, praise the Lord, you got a problem. Let's see how the Lord... And I mean, he's just full of, of love and faith and anticipation of how God's going to meet us in every difficulty that we find ourselves in. And it's a total different perspective than how I was raised in the church. And I thought, Lord, I, I, I'm shifting my allegiance. I want to move to a camp that believes that your love is good and that there's nothing that has caught you by surprise and that you have a solution for every problem. Lord, how do you want to manifest your love in this situation? How do you want me to think about it? How am I supposed to act? What am I supposed to do? And verse 19, we love because he first loved us. God initiates, he's the initiator we wouldn't even begin to reciprocate our love back to him, to express it to him if he hadn't first taken the step of expressing his love to us. And I, I think oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes for us, the number one place that we experience his manifestation of love is when we confess our sins and we ask him to forgive us. And he comes and he forgives us. And it's a release of his love that we know that he has forgiven us. He's heard our cry. He's been pleased with our confession. And there's an expression of his love. So Paul ends in chapter 6, verse 24 of Ephesians. He says, May God's grace be upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. And I'm saying, oh, Holy Spirit, yeah. Would you do for us today, would you release from heaven to earth a manifest, tangible expression of your undying love as we want to express our love because you took the first step. You loved us first. We just get to reciprocate. And now as we reciprocate, we're asking, Lord, would you take it up a notch? How many would like an upgrade today of love?
Lord, yeah. We got the relatives coming over tomorrow. Lord, upgrade. <laughs> Desperate. No. Yeah. So let's just pray. Father, thank you for your wonderful word and all the manifestations of your love that's been in our life to this point. And somewhere, if, if we've gotten stuck, we ask today that you release a grace of your love that would unstuck us, that would get us moving towards remaining and abiding, towards obeying, towards being with you, towards seeing and desiring a greater revelation of who you are and your wondrous love. We invite you to come and do that for us today. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.